how do you market when people are less likely to leave their homes and do the things that they used to do that you might market toward? And what purpose does marketing serve right now? What's the secret formula to figure out a marketing budget for your interior design firm? We're going to find out with Kate O'Hara. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating industry experience into physical success. This is your design business tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. We'd like to give a shout out to Article and thank them for sponsoring our podcast. Article is an online-only furniture company inspired by mid-century style and Scandinavian simplicity. Run on over and check them out. Wingnut.article.com Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Jethro Powell, and I am joined by the soulless ginger, Natalie Engraff. Natalie, how the hell are you? Oh, well, I live with you. I'm not really sure right now. It's been lots of self-isolating, and thank goodness I get to go to work every third day, because living with you every day. I'm just saying, no, I'm good, can't complain. Doesn't sound like a complaint at, at all. <laughs> no, I'm not taking that the wrong way at all. It's so funny that when you go to work, that's actually a vacation for you. It is a vacation for me. Actually, when I go to work, I think the little Debbie cakes come out, the sci-fi shut shows. Up, shut your mouth. Let's see. I come home and there's Don't a judge takeout me. in the trash, you know. <laughs> Dairy Queen Blizzard things I'm in the garbage. I'm just saying all those things happen when I go to work. <laughs> Honey, did you remember to take the trash can out to the road? Oh, I completely forgot. Like, okay, you know, I'm just saying, just pick it on you today. Listen, I got a lot. I got a lot on my plate. I got a lot going on, and I'm not alone. I no, mean, you are not We all alone. have a lot on our plate today. Natalie, today on our show, we are talking about something that is near and dear to your heart. Oh, it's my pet peeve. Well, just like is clean pet windows. peeve the right way to put it? I think it's just like the one of the biggest things that you would like to personally educate interior designers on, and today we have some help from our Grand High Overlord. Yes, we do have some great help. <laughs> I rounded her up. I was talking to her. We were talking. Who? I don't Who'd know. Who'd you round up? I rounded up the overlord. Wh- which is who? Oh, that would be Kate O'Hare. I'm going to teach you how to podcast eventually. You know, I keep thinking people are just live inside my brain and they know what I'm thinking about. Oh, I'm sure some are. Uh, you know what? Mm-hmm. I do talk to them people sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so the overlord... The Overlord is Kate O'Hara from Martha O'Hara Interiors, and she is a grand high poobah over there, and she is the genius behind their marketing efforts, their business efforts, and I'm trying to think of anyone that I personally know that's smarter, and nobody's coming to the top of mind. You? No. Yeah. She's so she's pretty brilliant, right? I always tease Natalie. I said, you know, Kate's probably that kid in, in high school. <laughs> <laughs> right? In school. She used to raise her hand and said, Teacher, you forgot to give out the homework. <laughs> <laughs> oh we might have to fill Kate in that before she hears this live. <laughs> Which is hilarious and true. That's just how smart she is, right? And yes, listen, she's true. a self professed nerd. Her stepchildren call her the Overlord. That's her nickname and it oh my gosh, when she told us that, forget it. It's she st- saved in my phone is the overlord. <laughs> yeah, it's basically in her bio now. She should be the overlord going forward. Anyone who runs into Kate O'Hara, is, she's officially the overlord. Not, we're, we just tease because we love her, but that is her nickname. Okay, so Natalie, so your mission in life right now is to educate designers on the necessity of having a marketing budget. But how the hell does a designer figure out what that should be, how much it should be? Well, Kate isn't just blowing smoke. She actually has a formula. 
Station. She's got some concrete numbers that that I have written down, but we're going to save oh, that. Oh, do you now? Yeah, ooh, oh, of course I do. Mm, when are you going to spring this on me? Well, let's get into the <laughs> show and I might spring away. Okay, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the overlord, Kate O'Hara, she is the CEO and creative director for Martha O'Hara Interiors, where she pioneered the interior design firm's expansion to national markets and international clientele. Her favorite part of her role is getting to speak with so many of her potential clients from around the world. Named one of Austin's social influencers and Minnesota's top 32 under 32 marketing professionals, Kate is a sought-after speaker on topics ranging from social media to women in business to online branding. She's also a webinar superstar lately. She's been killing the circuits. We've been seeing her everywhere. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Kate O'Hara, a.k.a. The Overlord, to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Kate O'Hara. Welcome again to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I am great. How are you doing, ladies? We're doing amazing considering considering there's a worldwide global pandemic that's locked us all into our houses. We're doing swell. Thank you for asking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I tend to not forget that it's happening, but in <laughs> moments like this, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not great. Am I great? Is it okay to say that I'm great? I'm not sure. <laughs> It's okay for us to say you're great, for sure, which you are. And But Natalie... We, uh, we got to get yeah. something off our chest here, Kate, because Darla may or may not have said something about you that we need you to know now before the show <laughs> comes out. Oh, no. First, let's bet. Is it true or not true, Nat? What do you think? What do you have to bet? I bet you we have to pause this podcast. You have to go back to the fridge and get me a beer if I'm incorrect. All right. Yeah. Okay. If I'm incorrect. Okay, go. So we were talking about you and, and all of your goodness and everything that you do. And Darla says, you know, Nat, she says, I bet Kate was that kid in class that would raise her hand and say, hey, teacher, you forgot to give us our homework. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about how smart you are. Oh, is that what you were talking yes. about? Yeah, that's what we were talking yes. about. No. That would be false. Oh, I, man. I, don't, I don't have to get you a beer. Although hey. I'm the one that said it. I don't quite understand your reasoning, but it worked out. Win-win. It worked out good. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I thought it was really funny. We had, a, we had a good laugh because we really have decided that you're pretty much the smartest person we know. Yeah, we couldn't think of anyone smarter. So anyway, that's our way of saying you're smart. And we yeah, love you by, by being <laughs> about it. So <laughs> That's how we show affection. That's right. We Pardon. got called that this morning too, didn't we? <laughs> In a roundabout way, we've been called that a lot today. I think pretty much I figured out if I don't make fun of you, then I don't like you. So um, it's it's all of a great place in love. You know that we adore you. We're crazy about you. And we want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. And, and this is something that's crazy near and dear to Natalie's heart because she yes. does most of the discovery calls for Wingnut Social. And we're talking about budgeting for marketing. And Strangely enough, people listening, you might um, be surprised to hear that there's there's actually a method to the madness. It's not just pulling money out of your butt that week <laughs> to spend it on boosted posts. There's a science behind it as far as the income coming in and your expenses and ratios and all that. So what made us think of you about this is because I can't tell you how many podcast guests or how many people have said, yeah, I was at High Point and I saw this panel and someone said, and we're always like, oh, yeah, that was Kate. Uh, the oh. <laughs> that during the recession, not only did we not stop our marketing budget, we actually kind of doubled down on it because that's the time you really want to make sure that you're front of mind for when things get better, they're hiring you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm definitely paraphrasing. So here you are on the show talking about marketing budget in a pandemic. You're welcome. 
Wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, well, you know how much I love you two both. And um, no, I'm, I'm happy to talk about this. Working with Martha O'Hare Interiors, we're a small business, but large within the interior design space. We have two offices and I've seen us grow from having a single office, uh, maybe 10 or fewer employees up to two offices and 20 plus employees. So I've kind of seen how the process can work for, you know, setting a marketing budget at different phases in a business's kind of growth cycle. But then there are also different ways to address marketing budgets too in different kind of economic situations. Martha, who's my mom, my mom and I have always been uh, of the opinion that when you see a recession, there are going to be a lot of people who fall away, uh, businesses that either don't need to be businesses. And so they, you know, people are choosing not to stay in the market for the time being and whatnot. There are basically fewer interior design businesses around looking for clients. There are also in that moment, maybe fewer clients, but as soon as the economy turns around, there's an opportunity in theory to pick up essentially market share. And we saw ourselves doing that in the last recession. And I do think that a pandemic is different than a straight economic recession. And yet there are enough similarities that it is certainly worth discussing. And I think a lot of people are looking for ways to get creative with marketing because how do you market when people are less likely to leave their homes and do the things that they used to do that you might market toward? And what purpose does marketing serve right now? These are the things that people need to consider. And where should we consider focusing our marketing efforts right now? Are we talking social media campaigns, email campaigns, Google ads, SEO blogging, all the good stuff, which if you could point some out which direction? Digital marketing is where it's at. And if you don't know how to handle digital marketing, talk to Wingnut Social. They know their stuff. <laughs> but, Checks in the mail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I do mean that. Like, I, It's really, really true. Now is a huge opportunity to figure out all the things that you haven't figured out before. Maybe you're like Martha O'Hare Interiors who took way too long to get our email marketing on point. And it's something that still feels very new to us. Maybe you have never really stepped into the social media sphere. And that's something that you're willing to spend some time on now. Maybe your website's a bit of a mess and you need to invest in either a redesign or at least cleaning up the content on it. Maybe your services are changing. And so the way that you're talking about yourself online and what you're putting out there needs to be adjusted so that it's accurate, even if it's just temporary. So a digital marketing, I can't say that enough. Where we've cut back, well, obviously we're not hosting events right now. Right. We're putting a pause on our photo shoots, though that should be a part of any marketing budget. We haven't been as involved with a lot of our associations, although I will say there are a lot of associations out there like ASID, uh, HBA, NARI, and so on that are doing a really nice job of offering a lot of webinars and things to support their members. So we saw this coming early. We felt a real obligation to make some immediate changes because we are a larger operation. We do have more overhead that we had to take into consideration if things were going to head in the direction that they ultimately did. And our first thought was, okay, well, you know, certain things like, you know, we, we're not going to be able to go to the monthly meetings and the events and things that we do with a lot of our associations. So maybe we'll pull back on that. Now we're seeing all of the great things that they're offering. And I would say that that's, you know, that's actually a potential opportunity for people. 
So well, let me ask you, Kate, real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> Where would you say right now that the largest percentage of your marketing budget is aimed? And has that shifted? I guess it has with the, the current situation. And do you see it returning afterwards? Bigger picture, you know, pandemic aside, we've seen a, a gradual and sometimes rapid trend within our marketing budget away from a lot of traditional marketing and toward digital. Right. And then we saw a little bit of a swing back where we realized, you know, as important as digital marketing is, and I'm hugely devout <laughs> digital marketer, <laughs> there is a lot of value to some of the more in-person traditional marketing that we've always done. And so we were strategic in saying we're going to host more events, but maybe we're a little less interested in seeing our work in the pages of certain magazines and, and whatnot. It's not that magazine advertising isn't fantastic. There are some magazines that we really love partnering with, but a lot of why we like partnering with them is because they want to co-host events and do things beyond the pages of the magazine with us. And they're proactive in doing that. It's a bit of a holistic approach, approach that we've seen ourselves taking gradually over time. And then when the pandemic hit, we basically sat down with our marketing budget and we said, okay, here's the number we want to get it to month to month for the next three months, because you know, everyone's in kind of emergency mode. Even if you're not seeing a dip in sales now, you could. Mm -hmm. And so we said to ourselves like, all right, we're going to give ourselves a three-month plan and then use those three months to fully develop our long-term leaner plan because we do believe that this pandemic is going to have some long-term effects on how we live, not forever, but for the next year or two. You know, we feel like this is not just going to poof, go away. This is going to have a kind of steady and ongoing impact. People are, are going to be at home more for the next couple of years. And I also think things will go back very much to how they were at some point. Right. Yeah. So we put together this three-month plan and the three-month plan was a really tight plan. Like what do we have to do and what can we cut? And we kept digital marketing, digital, digital, digital. Yeah. And everything that required us to go out of the house or out of the office, well, we're already going to have to cut that. So that was like, there were some easy things to do there. To your point really quick, when you're talking about digital marketing, you're talking about some of the more traditional ways that interior designers have been approaching doing advertising. A lot of those magazines that you refer to, um, without saying names, are digital now too. And they're hosting digital events that you and I both have been speaking yep. at and seeing a terrific response with some of the same dynamic of the in-person networking events. So I think that some of that's going to stick and stay. Oh, yeah. Can we get to like the numbers and the percents now? <laughs> We're going to get to no, that. But that's what I really want to talk about. I'm interested <laughs> She's in. She's like a kid oh, on wait. Christmas. <laughs> like waiting. Is it my turn yet? Oh, wait, Teacher? I, I interrupted Kate. She was in a thought there. Go ahead, Kate. I don't know. It was something about marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about numbers. <laughs> okay. Right. Since I interrupted you and interrupted your train of thought, sorry about that, oh, no, Kate. But okay. I, you know, if I don't, if sometimes if I don't say it, I don't remember it because menopause is a bitch. And my well, and sometimes terrible. if you don't cut me off, I just won't stop talking. So let's be real. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Yes. Okay. Natalie is dying to discuss numbers. She's dying to discuss percentages and how much interior designers should be setting aside. And I have a feeling that it's not going to be X amount of dollars. It's going to be a certain amount of percentage. And there's a, going to be a strategy here. So run with it, Natalie. Yes, yes. I had the pleasure of speaking with Kate over the phone by the time this airs, probably a couple weeks ago. And I told her, I said, you know, my pet peeve is no designer really has a marketing budget. And I'm like, can I ask you straightforward, exactly what do you guys budget for marketing? And let me 
tell you the answer I got. I was like, holy cow. Okay. Um, Kate, we got to go on this pod. You got to come on our podcast and please, please share a little bit about the percentages that you guys put towards marketing. I know that we're in a pandemic and I know things that have changed. And I know you just said that you scaled yours back, but didn't cut your digital. So give me some numbers. Great. I will do that. I will also say we have cut back for our kind of immediate, we sort of said, we're going to give ourselves a quick triage moment just to say we're cutting these things back in part because we have to, but this isn't our long-term solution. We're not panicking here. We're simply saying, we know that we're going to have to make some changes. We don't want them to be rash. So we're going to give ourselves to say, what's a reasonable, if kind of strong reaction budgetarily to the pandemic that can last one, two, three months and give us the time to develop our long longer term plan. So that's all that we've done. We haven't been panicking. We're not like, you know, screaming fire or anything like that. We're simply saying we see something that everybody is experiencing. It's affecting the business. So we're going to create kind of like, I don't know if you're a video game nerd like me, we're pausing the game just a moment to like (laughs) think things through a little bit before and and our strategy through before we uh, storm the gates. Makes perfect sense. So in terms of percentages, though, and and numbers more specifically, what you'll generally hear about marketing is that a marketing budget for a business should be somewhere between five and usually you'll hear 12%, but I'm going to go ahead and say five and 20%. Nothing in that range shocks me. However, what's appropriate for a particular business, because that's a really big range, is going to depend on some factors. If you are a business that is just getting started, If you're smaller or if you're in growth mode, you're going to be spending more on marketing. And we're talking about a percent of your annual revenue right now. So if you sell $100,000 in a year, we're talking about some percent of that 5 to 20% of that 100,000 would be allocated to marketing. If you're a small business, you need a higher percent of your revenue to go to marketing because your overall number is probably a little bit lower and you need to have some amount. It doesn't have to be significant, but it has to be substantial enough to make an impact. And if you're growing, of course, investing in marketing, whether it's for branding, lead generation, or other purposes, you need to invest. And if you are uh, just getting started and nobody knows who you are, or you have very little sales or no sales, then yes, it's a, no matter what you spend, it's going to look like a large part of your current revenue stream. If you're a more established business, if you are uh, trying to stay really stable and you're not trying to grow, you don't want to add more members to your team in a normal market, you might be fine in the five to 10% uh, of revenue. I would also note that we can get a little bit more strategic about how we think about putting together a marketing budget and what should and shouldn't be included in making certain calculations because there are a few ways to get there. But rough numbers, I would say that right now, most businesses should be spending probably 8% up to that 20 range on marketing if they can afford it. Being able to afford something really does matter right now. And so every business really should have, you know, should have looked at what their costs of doing business are. They should know what their PL report looks like. They should, and, and don't panic if you don't, but it's something that like note to myself, hey, I need to look at my financials. I need to know what my bottom line is. I know need to know where I break even and I need to know what I can afford to invest into marketing. And if I haven't done that before, maybe now is an opportunity to redraw my business plan 
to include a five to 10 to 15, you know, percent, however much into marketing, uh, depending on where I am in my business experience. You know, I love it, Kate. And I have to tell you, I'm a little surprised, although I 100% agree, and I'm not, I shouldn't be surprised that the percentage is higher for a newer business. Because the reasons you explained are absolutely on the money, 100% right. But I honestly didn't think you were going to say that. So if you're starting a new business, I mean, it absolutely makes sense if you have some kind of funding bank there to start the new business with to set that aside to accomplish those things. I don't know is it, if it's too much to go into an, a podcast episode. I wouldn't mind breaking down that percentage a little bit if it's not too complicated. Well, why don't think. I walk through it and you can edit me out if it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important because nobody nobody has a budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody only, has it set only, aside. Anybody yeah. that has a budget is actually a very well-established firm. And I think with the, experience, with experience and mm-hmm. the younger designers, they, they don't even I think it just like it's an afterthought. I agree. So let's break it down, Kate. Break it down. All right, let's break it down. Darla Jethro Powell. Yes, Natalie and Giraffe. Did you know that the article trade team is made up of industry professionals who understand what's important to design businesses? I do, because as an interior decorator for Darla Powell Interiors, we have ordered article products for our projects, and that was the experience I received. And as a project manager, from the product support that I get for invoicing and all the other support, they're amazing. They make it very, very, very easy for us to do our job. They absolutely do. And you guys, they do have a trade program, so be sure to run on over to wingnut.article.com. That's wingnut.article.com. So what you're going to do is get out a pen and paper, get out your pencil and write down your last year's annual revenue or what you anticipate for this year if you haven't worked through a full year or what you're anticipating this year because it's quite a different year from what last year probably was. And now take 10% of that number. Okay. Once you've got that 10%, now this will be probably the most complicated part of the, the number. I need you to think about what your gross margin is. So that means for every $100 you sell, how much of that is profitable for you? Is it $45? Is it 60? Is it 75? Every business is going to have very different numbers depending on how they are billing. And I'm not looking for every bit of overhead cost involved, but just kind of what's the general general margin. Okay. You're going to now multiply. So if you said, well, I get $45 for every hundred that I sell, you are now going to multiply the number that you came up with last calculation by 0.45. That is the probably lower end range of what you might want to consider as your marketing budget for the year. And I would note one other thing in not pandemic world, but in the usual universe, you might consider taking that number and subtracting from it your rent. If you have a brick and mortar, your rent or mortgage payments or a portion of them, if your location was selected for marketing purposes, that is an overhead cost you wouldn't have calculated into the gross margin of every dollar that you are bringing in. That's an overhead cost that you might count as marketing. So you might say, well, yeah, I chose my building's location because it gets a lot of foot traffic. People see my signs. So I'm going to say that it's like 50% marketing. So I'm going to subtract half of my annual rent payment from the number I just came up with because that's marketing. And now that's what you have to spend. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. You actually explained it very clearly that I was almost successful in completing my calculations. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's say the annual 
revenue. I did 10%, but if you're a newer designer, it would not be out of hand to say 15 or 20% on that. You could increase so that whatever number. you feel comfortable with. Okay. All right. And yeah. then the margin. No, the margin thing was very interesting. I like that that's thrown in there to help you figure out your budget. Look, darling, Natalie, you, can, our, you, can, you can write the podcast off as marketing for you. Our marketing budget is $1 million, Natalie. Did I, does that sound right? Did I do that right? No, I'm yeah, just kidding. No, you need to like go, go over, get, get a pencil. Math is and hard. start again. Math is because hard. Because you really messed that one. All right. So uh, guys, if you're driving, don't do this while you're driving. We'll have this down. Who's driving? Everybody's supposed to be at home. You know, sometimes I have to get out for a damn drive. Okay, okay so just saying. Okay, so out of that number, you said you can set aside a certain percentage if your location is a factor in your marketing. What percentage of that would you, for Martha O'Hara and Terriers, set aside for your digital marketing? Okay, for digital marketing. So this has shifted a little bit for us in the past couple of years. I will say that typically our largest single line item in our marketing budget is photography. And mm -hmm. that's because we, I mean, we do a lot of work that we want to photograph and that feeds our digital marketing. So it's not necessarily a strictly digital marketing cost, but we certainly consider it a big part of everything that we do. It sort of yeah. touches every it's part of the budget. Yeah. And, and it is to do it right is expensive because you need to have set aside like, yep, we've got a photographer, but we also may need to do some styling and, you know, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. In terms of digital marketing overall, yeah, I would say that generally that what we're seeing is that digital marketing is growing. So as we shift maybe away from some print ad, um, advertising and reallocate a lot of those dollars toward online advertising, as we invest in email marketing, as we spend uh, some dollars on social media advertising, which we do, and advertising on some other digital platforms, you know, our website build outs. Uh, we set aside some amount every year for either updates to the website or adding new features to our website uh, as our services and things evolve. Then there are also some third party uh, things that we use um, to either understand our SEO analytics or to model some data and whatnot. We probably dig into digital marketing more than most designers would without hiring a third party to do it for them. Uh, and that's mostly because I just love doing it. I could do it all day And long. you're good at it. You're very good at it. So with that in mind, I would say that we spend probably close to about a third of our budget, if not more, on digital. I'm not giving you like a well-studied answer. You know, I haven't like <laughs> gone online and gotten advice. You can Google this and get some advice too. But I would say that before the pandemic, probably... Uh, about 30 to 40% of our budget was slated for digital marketing. And then probably another not as large chunk actually was going to photography. Photography for a long time was one of our biggest line items. But as we're putting more into digital, it's not that we're spending more and more overall necessarily. It's more that we're just reallocating away from some traditional marketing and it's tending to go into digital and, and also to, to a lesser degree into photography. It's just that our photography bucket had grown already. Our photography is kind of on hold too now because of the situation. We had two photo shoots getting ready to shoot and 
you know, that's fuel for the social media fire. And we're like, ah, we need content, but no yeah. photography going down right now. So, and then you're right that to get a good photographer, it's thousands and thousands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky thing. But I would say in general, when I think about marketing for an interior designer, I'm thinking about photography. I'm thinking about print advertising. I'm thinking about digital advertising, which as I said, includes social media, your website, your third party analytics, any third party services that you hire to help handle things because you don't have someone in house that like MOI where we benefit from the fact that we have someone internally who does our marketing. Lauren is phenomenal and she handles a lot of this for us. If she wasn't doing this, we wouldn't be able to do it ourselves. And then things like Google ads and display ads, email marketing, and so on. We think about events, whether we're participating on a home tour or if you're doing a showcase house, or if you're literally hosting an event for clients and potential clients, association memberships and award submissions and things of that nature. Do you give clients gifts after a project or after a photo shoot? You know, that should probably be coming out of a marketing budget rather than worked into your, uh, <laughs> your. You guys take that out of marketing and not, we just do it for project expenses for the gifts at the end or the books. So, but I like that idea because it is marketing, right? We put it into marketing. I've always felt a little bit like if we left it in the project itself, we're essentially letting the client give themselves a present. <laughs> 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 so ultimately it comes from the same place, right? And so you can think of it as I'm just using this to calculate the margin of the job and and this gift is you know, associated with the client. So you can kind of, there, there are different ways to go about it. You know, you can make it a part <laughs> of the project, but I, I have always in the back of my head, but I think been a little resistant because it feels, <laughs> it feels like they gave them. I never thought them. about it like that, but you're right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Oh, gosh. Do you have any advice for the solopreneurs who are out there who just think they just can't afford any type of marketing right now because they're really, you know, so concerned about what's going on? I mean, is there anything they can do, anything they could do on their own that would still keep them top of mind for possible current new clients? Yes, a thousand times yes. I think for all that we're talking about what you should be spending on marketing, one of the brilliant things about digital in particular is that there is so much you can do now that doesn't cost a dime. Email marketing really doesn't have to cost much at all. And neither does blogging and neither does going onto social media and posting and being engaged consistently. You know, neither does starting to learn what Google Analytics really are and understanding how your website is performing so that you can maybe optimize. There are also some services you can use like I'm a big fan of Moz, M-O-Z. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, yeah, it's SEO analytics for anyone who hasn't heard of Moz. And they do a really nice job of providing all sorts of resources for free to people who don't understand SEO and who want to get better at optimizing their website or increasing their rankings in search and whatnot. There are also a lot of opportunities to start just packaging services. I've been talking uh, recently on some webinars about virtual design and how to even be working as a designer right now when we're used to going into people's homes and we can't. There's a real drawback there. But on the other hand, everyone's at home right now. Our clients who were about to spend their summers maybe going on vacations and trips and things, 
they're probably pretty homebound. Or if they get to go anywhere, it's a second home if they have one. No one's going on a plane right now or on a cruise. So there are opportunities, even as there are challenges. And I think that taking the time to think not just about marketing, but business development specifically, and what are my services? How can I adjust my services? And then using your marketing channels, particularly your online marketing channels to reach out to people. Now is also a time when people really want to connect personally. And you can have an email list, but that doesn't mean you can't send out a really personal, heartfelt email or message to you know your top 10 clients every single week until you've sent 100 emails or handwritten notes out. I mean, there's no reason not to. Oh, I love that idea, especially the handwritten ones. That's mm-hmm. really nice. That's a nice, except are they going to lice all them because they're handwritten now? <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea to send it with a little wipe, a little Lysol wipe. Here you go. <laughs> but that's a great idea. And if you're a new solopreneur and you're a new designer, and you don't have a whole lot of clients or ongoing projects and you have time on your hands, especially the the Moz, the MOZ. Boy, that is a terrific resource. Thanks for reminding me of that. Mm-hmm. To go and kind of teach yourself a little bit about SEO and and the blogging. If you have a website, that's just sitting in your time to write, reaching out and connecting with people. Post those pictures from your blog on your social media and link to it in your link tree on Instagram or Facebook and you know, do what you can for now yourself if it's not in the budget to market. Now, when you do hire a marketing agency or if you're you're lucky enough to find a marketer in-house like Kate has, we're talking a, a lot more of an expense, but and you're a lot more also bang for the buck, but it's goes a long way, this DIY stuff. And we all had to start somewhere and learn it, right? Well, I think that's that's totally true. And right now is a great opportunity for a lot of people to say, okay, I'm going to learn email marketing. I'm going to learn. Mm -hmm. There's so many tutorials, so many fantastic places to learn these things right now. Why not choose something that you think is interesting or go to Udemy or something and do like some high level, you know, overview so that you can figure out for yourself, what are the things that actually do interest you? And what are the things that you frankly never want to learn or understand and that you're okay with hiring, you know, a third a third party <laughs> service for. They do exist. Believe it or not, that's designers hate social media. I cannot tell you how many come to us and like, oh my God, I just I don't even want to know. Just take it off my hands. I just I can't even bother. So <laughs> I get it. And I think that a lot of that comes from being overwhelmed and like I just don't have the like brain space to I often mm-hmm. say like the idea of how many hours there are in the day to get things done is just such a false idea that it's it's not a matter of how many hours there are in the day. It's it's how many blocks of time do I have where I can actually focus on something in a day? Like how much focus do I have to give in a given day? Not how many hours exist. Because yes. that's what I think really is so stressful to people when you throw something new and daunting and like there's a learning curve. I love social media, but when Lauren comes to me and she's like, okay, I need you to start doing videos more. I look at her like you have lost your mind. It is not happening. And yet once she said, gets me going and I get comfortable with it and I realize, oh, this isn't that hard. I can do this. Then it becomes second nature. But that seems to be like, we have a cycle that we go through every time there's a new digital marketing thing that has to be done. Lauren tells me I have to do it. I tell her there's no possible way. Then she shows me how I need to do it and how to do it. And then I learn, get comfortable and I do it. And now is that moment for a lot of people to say like, okay, I actually have have a little space to spend on learning this stuff without the pressure of feeling like it has to be done this moment exactly. It's like, nope, this is my 
times on pause, you know, two, three months plan where I am devoting an hour a day to Google University or Moz classes or Active Campaign yep. or, you know, Udemy, you name it. Like there's so many resources yeah. out there. Yeah, this is an excellent opportunity for growth. I mean, I'm not doing marketing and stuff because that's my life, you know, a million hours a week, but I'm actually taking this time to brush up on my Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> She's Speaking not of- kidding, Kate. Speaking of you to me, I am. Every morning I have this little app. Kate, thank you so much for sharing this magical formula with our designers listening for their marketing budget. I'm really hoping that set off some light bulbs and put some things in perspective. I'm definitely, it's helped Natalie and me. And I have to tell you, the thing you said about time blocking, that is so true. In fact, I have not been able to articulate that to Natalie successfully because Natalie will fill in every available minute of her schedule with things to do. And I don't have the bandwidth. I can't do that. So I'm, I'm with you, sister. No, it was just such a pleasure to be here and to talk about this. And I do want to say to your listeners who are feeling like, great, thanks for telling me I need to spend more money when I feel like I have less money in my pocket <laughs> during the pandemic. Yeah, there's that. Right. I I will say there's one last thing that we sort of got to at the end, but never like fully articulated. When you don't have dollars to spend, you do have time and focus that you can spend. So there are ways to invest in marketing that don't have to come out of your pocketbook, but they will require time and they will require some dedication on your part and, and spend that time because you're going to be better in the long run if you understand marketing, even if what you learn about marketing is that you would rather have someone else do it when you have the funds to to allocate. Excellent. And well said. And Kate, uh, now I have to ask you for ready for the what up wingnut round. But since you've already been through it once, I really only have one new wingnut question for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Now it's time for what up wingnut. Wingnut. Kate O'Hara, if you were a golden girl, which golden girl would you be? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I mean, I want to be, I mean, oh, my gosh. You've got to pick one, Kate. I don't even know all of their names. Um, the the little the little snarky one, Sophia, Sophia, yeah, <laughs> with the purse. <laughs> definitely. I just want to be able to like yell at people all day long and tell them what I really think, and <laughs> and have everyone have to put up with me because I'm the oldest. Are you going to yell at me for saying you were the kid in class that reminded the teacher about homework when we're done here? <laughs> no, I think it's so funny that you think that because I was just such a slacker. I can't see it. Well, I, I was very much a, I think if you had asked me at the time, I would have been like, hey, work smarter, not harder. You know, I was very much like, why would I put that much extra effort into the A plus when I can get the A minus with just a, a wink and a smile? But it's still um, an A. Not actually, but like, you know, skim the book and make it through. Yeah, I did catch that it was an you, A. You still caught that it was an A, right? Okay, I'm just, just making sure that was there. Yeah, I'll take a B. Uh, what? Oh. Okay, thank you so much for that. Before we go, I, a little birdie told me that you had like a small business coaching package that you are now diving into due to popular demand with all your appearances on webinars for people to to pick your brain. Is that a thing now? Is that happening? It is a thing. I'm offering some one-on-one coaching right now. It can be a single meeting or a series of meetings. And I don't have a place on the website yet because this is just so new. Hey, <laughs> you know, we all pivot quickly. But if you email us at design at O'HaraInteriors.com, we'll get back to you with all of the information, which should be up on the website in the coming weeks. I just don't know exactly when that will be. Yeah, just put like a little subject title in there, Kate Coaching or something, so they'll, they'll know to direct that really quickly. Kate, please tell the wingnuts where they can find all your other awesome sauce stuff before we say goodbye. 
We are on O'HaraInteriors.com at O'Hara underscore interiors on Instagram, somewhere on Facebook and Pinterest and House and other things. And, you know, use Google. All the user, user Googles. Kate, thank you again for joining us. You know, we love you so much. Well, I love you too. Thanks so much for having me. Natalie and Giraffe. Yes, Darla. How awesome is Kate? Oh, she's absolutely amazing. And she's a good sport because we did make quite a bit of fun of her. Not fun of her. Fun with her. We laughed with her. The show is both informative and entertaining. It is. But yeah, she is a really good sport. I'm glad she gets my full sense of humor. I know. And and you've been called that a lot. Today seems to be the day. It does. It does. Definitely. (laughs) But you know, it's all in fun. It really is all out of love. And seriously, if I'm not joking with you or picking on you, I don't like you. This is true. <laughs> is it bad that my mother's the same way? Oh, my goodness. Oh, what does this oh, say boy. about you? Oedip- oh, light bulb. This is, is this an Oedipus moment? I don't know. This is some kind of moment. $5 if you can tell me who Oedipus is. I don't know who Oedipus is. <laughs> How am I supposed to know who that is? <laughs> Anyway, some brilliant takeaways, even writing down exactly how you can arrive at exactly what your marketing budget should be. And you know what she said that I, I've heard, right, but I haven't really been approaching that for DPI, Darla Powell Interiors, is that the photography, of course, is part of the marketing budget. I've been including it as far as the project expenses, but duh, of course, it's part of your marketing budget. Yeah, and, and your brick and mortar, your store there and how you strategically placed it to where you get a lot of foot traffic. Mm-hmm. You never, you know, that's marketing too. That's- I will say one thing I deduce without having an actual black and white number is that Martha O'Hara's marketing budget must be astronomical. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a lot of different branches branching off there. And thank God, thank goodness for them. But that is how a successful mind negotiates a successful marketing budget in a campaign. And that's why they're doing millions and millions of dollars a year. It's not just from because, you know, off the seat of their pants, they decided, let's go out and start a design firm. I know. And, you know, we had a meeting today with Luann Nagara of a well-designed business. And I told her today, I said, hey, we're going to talk about marketing on our podcast. And I said, hey, do you mind if I ask you what yours is? And she says, yeah, heck yeah. She says, we're at least at 10%. Mm -hmm. And that just proves that a very successful business, like you just said, it takes a budget. So if you guys don't have have a budget. Sit down with this formula, figure your budget out. And obviously, if you have any questions, Kate says, hey, send her an email. She'd be happy to help you out with that. But time and time again, I find when designers call Wingnut Social, they don't actually have a budget. And it's Mm -hmm. very hard for us to propose what we'd like to do for their business if they can't give me some type of number to work with. I feel like I'm just giving them itemized price list, Mm -hmm. you know, off the shelf. Here you go. You know, and I can't really customize that to to what their business might need. Well, it's good to know. It's good to have that formula in mind, whether or not you're doing it yourself, or if you're hiring someone else to do it. Because if you're doing it yourself, your time is worth money. You have to figure out I've spent, you know, 15 hours this week at so much an hour, that's so much a percent of my marketing budget. And then if it gets to be to where your marketing budget at $250 an hour, because you're spending 20 hours a week on social media is astronomical, then that's where you might start thinking, okay, it's time to delegate some of this. And she still had things for if you were just a new designer. Mm-hmm. She still has. Well, hell, that's what I did. That's what you did. When we started DPI, I didn't know nothing about nothing. It was social and media. look at you and now. look at me now. <laughs> a total. Uh, speaking of marketing, marketing budget and uh, knowing nothing from nothing and look at me now. I wanted to mention, did you know that we were actually featured in Architectural Digest Pro? Oh, today, how to start a podcast. We were. Yes, I Mm -hmm. was told that. Yeah, uh, this is our second time being featured in AD Pro. The first one, thanks to Natalie Riddell. 
she voted us one of the top interior design podcasts. Thank you so much. But they reached out and said, hey, if someone wanted to start a new podcast, what would be your best tips and recommendations for them? And I saw that email come in. I'm like, ah, that's Architectural Digest. That was quite fun. I enjoyed that. Congratulations, Darla. Congratulations to you. Would you like a medal or a chest to pin that on? They did spell. <laughs> they did. Sp- I, you're right. I don't have either. <laughs> they spelled your name wrong, though. But that's I don't want to okay. tell them. No, don't tell no, them. No, I'm not going to tell them. I'm happy we're just in there. That, that yeah. was That's quite exciting. That's a long game, guys. I didn't just get that in there overnight. That's nurturing the the social, nurturing the networking. Getting, you know, it's, it's a long freaking haul. Anyhow, Natalie's giving me the sign to shut up. And tell you guys to follow us on social at Wingnut Social. Leave us a review on whatever the hell you're listening to this on. Tell your friends. What the hell? Tell your enemies. And be sure to give us a call at one wingnut to find out about our social media marketing for your interior design firm and what we can do for you. And that's it for today, Nat. Got anything else? Nope. So long. See ya. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week for more business and marketing info and insightful interviews with industry experts and design superstars. Can't wait? Then head on over to wingnutsocial.com for more great content to help you get your business to the next level. I'm going to get you, get you one way or another. The Overlord. The Overlord. You know, I haven't had, speaking of, I haven't had time to uh, listen to Metallica today. I've been so busy. (coughs) Is this what passes for humor in the Amish community? (coughs) You know what? Get started. Kate's going to be there. Don't make her wait. All right, I'll just be normal. I don't have a glass of wine, but it did occur to me that this would be really fun to do while drinking. Well, Please. I suggest you get up and go get one. Please, we have a beer. <laughs> Do you? Okay, mm-hmm. let me. I will. I will go grab a, a light drink. Go grab a, it's in a can. Grab the one in a can. The one in, in a, a can. can? One of those she white. has rose. I don't have one of those wines oh. in a can. I only had that one that one time. Hang on one second. I have to Probably walk away for the from best. my mic. What the hell? Tell your enem- enemas. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Good boy, Mango.